wait a minute, the Devils came away with a 5-2 dominating victory, and they didn't have Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, or Nico Heischer, and they were rocking with an 11-7 lineup combination? Whoa, boy, we have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, Club and Play Announcer, Dells Ryder for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. There's a lot to break down in today's episode because despite being shorthanded, the New Jersey Devils still came away with a demanding victory over one of the hottest teams in the NHL. So in today's episode, we're going to touch on some pregame stuff just to paint a picture as to how heavy underdogs the Devils were entering this matchup. I will also share with you some of my key takeaways from the game. And then in the second segment, we'll highlight some players that caught my eye. And obviously, I will do my three stars of the game. And then in the third and final segment, to wrap it all up, like I do with every postgame recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So let's touch on some pregame notes. So Entering this matchup, like I just said, the Penguins were one of the hottest teams in the NHL. They were riding a five-game win streak. The Devils were riding a three-game losing streak. And during those three games for the Devils, they've been outscored 16-8. to And they were missing some key assets. Obviously, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. But there's one more player that might be out for a couple games. So we'll touch on that momentarily. But just to give you a sense as to how red-hot the Penguins have been, Let's look at some players that were uh, putting up some good point production over the last five games for them. So entering this matchup, Sidney Crosby, during the five-game win streak, he had five goals and four assists. Then Jake Gensel, four goals, five assists. Eric Carlson, the newly added Pittsburgh Penguin, obviously the reigning Norris Trophy winner, three goals, six assists. And then in net, Tristan Jari, during these last five games, He's had a record of 4-0, a 1.38 goals against average, and a 9.55 save percentage. So not bad for a player who I was kind of murky on, but digressing a little bit. The Devils basically had to put up a near-perfect performance, or they had to try to redeem themselves quickly, because if they gave the Penguins any sort of life, it was going to be over quickly. Because according to MSG, when we look at some of the slot chances for the Penguins and the Devils. Since November 4th, record-wise, the Penguins have a record of 5-0-0, and the Devils had a record of 1-3. Then look at slot chances. 15.6 for the Devils, 15.3 for the Penguins. But slot goals, 1.66 for the Devils, 2.95 for the Penguins. So once again, the Devils are creating good looks for themselves, but the main question was, Once they do create those good looks, can they try to bury it and try to score? Because that was the main talking point that I've been discussing on this show the last couple of days. And then at insult to injury, Timo Meyer was scratching this game because according to Lindy Ruff, he got dinged up in the previous game against the Jets. He was dealing with a lower body injury and he was going to be a game time decision. Well, 
Lo and behold, he wasn't out there warming up with the Devils. So the Devils had to rock with an 11 to 7 line combination. We'll talk about that momentarily. But to give you an update regarding Timo Meyer, Lindy Ruff says it's going to be a short term deal. I don't know how long he is projecting for Meyer to be out, but my educated guess is that they're probably going to wait until they get to New Jersey so that way they can have a better assessment. But be prepared for Timo Meyer to possibly be out in the next matchup against the New York Rangers. But anyway, going to what the Devils had to roll with, they had to go with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. But the good news was that Colin Miller made his Devils debut, at least for the regular season, because that's been also a big talking point, which is I said that the Devils need more depth defensively. So you need to give Colin Miller a chance because I know he didn't perform well during the preseason, but you at least got to see how he can fare in the regular season. And once he came off IR, I was like, this is a golden opportunity to shake up the defensive pairings a little bit. Obviously, during these unprecedented times, it was probably not the ideal circumstance for Miller to make his debut, but he thrived in the moment. Also to take note of, Chris Tierney sat for the Devils and in came Max Willman. And Willman actually put up a pretty decent performance despite what the stats might say. But anyway... What was the game plan for the Devils going into this matchup? Because you're missing three of your top four. So you're missing Nico Keisher, you're missing Jack Hughes, you're missing Timo Meyer. Obviously, it was going to be an uphill battle for the Devils. But what Lindy Ruff said post game is something that resonated with me, which was that when you're missing some of your top players, you got to be even more adaptable because unfortunately, how the Devils built their offensive system, it's meant to revolve around Hughes and Heischer. But now that they're out of the roster, you got to find a way to adjust to it. So what did the Devils do in this game? I saw them be a lot more conservative with the puck, at least early on in the game. They weren't playing as fast and they were trying to be extra cautious. One of the issues that the Devils have been facing is that sometimes the last few offensive possessions for the Devils has resulted in nothing but odd man rushes or grade eight chances for their opponent. And it was no different in period one because they kind of got off to a slow start. They were still trying to find a good rhythm for them because within the first six minutes, they allowed like five odd man rushes. One that sticks out to me in particular was that Jonas Siegenthaler had an ill-advised pass attempt in the offensive end for the Devils. And it resulted in the Penguins going on like a three-on-one odd man rush. And that could have been costly for the Devils. But what did Jonas Siegenthaler do? He skated back quickly and he was able to pop the puck free with his stick. So I was glad that Jonas Siegenthaler redeemed himself because once again, once the Devils turned the puck over, it's been nothing but bad news. But in this game, once they made a mistake, they knew how to bounce back quickly. So that was something that sort of uh, stuck with me. But still, their mistakes came back to bite them. That's why Brian Russ was able to score the first goal of the game. And basically, everyone, including me, thought it was going to be a long night for the Devils because prior to that goal attempt, I was seeing the, the Penguins getting off and running, which is why they had so many odd man rushes, despite being one of the oldest teams in the NHL. In fact, I think they are the oldest team in the NHL. They were still much quicker, much faster than the Devils to open up the game. So I was just like, okay, the Devils are shorthanded. They don't have their top players to compete with that. Ryan Grace basically said uh, before the game that the thing that you have to do with the Devils is that you have to force them to play defense, and that's what the Penguins were doing, which is you try to put uh, certain players on an island. So what did Russ do on his goal attempt? He put Hamilton on an island in the midst of a Devils change, and basically 
that left the Devils very vulnerable, and Russ beat Hamilton one-on-one. So my thing is, like, yes, it wasn't a strong start, but once again, don't let it rattle you. Try to settle into it. Yes, you don't have your star players, but how do you answer on back? And then minutes later, while the Devils were on the PK, we saw Curtis Lazar tie the game quickly. So, and I was just like, okay, you tied the game. Now try to maintain it. Then it was the same story in period two. Brian Russ, he scores and makes it 2-1 and he's now on hat trick watch. But literally not even a minute later, I think it was 38 seconds later, Nathan Bastian scores for the Devils. It's a 2-2 game. Now I'm just like, okay, the momentum is back into your favor. Now keep your foot on the gas pedal. Don't look back because that's been the death sentence for the Devils the last few games. Once they recapture the momentum, they seem to lose it rather quick. Case in point, that previous game against the Winnipeg Jets, but the Devils scored three unanswered goals. And we're going to talk more about that in the second segment. But my key takeaways from the game for the Devils is that they were adaptable. They maintained the momentum and they didn't make mistakes that ended up costing them. It wasn't perfect, but it was close to perfect, especially when the game started to ease on in. Once the Devils started to settle in and realize that they could potentially compete with the Penguins and end up winning, and they had some good, decent looks, they capitalized on that, they put their foot on the gas pedal, they went 100 miles per hour, and didn't look back. So I was very proud of the Devils in this overall collective team effort because depth was essential and a lot of players who needed to step up stepped up big time so we're going to talk about that momentarily but before we continue let me tell you guys about the game time app because i'm sure you want to see the devils up close and personal despite them missing some of their key superstars so here are some of the things i like about game time last minute ticket deals flash deals zone deals easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area views from all seats in the venue lowest price guaranteed event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour before it starts, it's the place to find last minute tickets. So find exclusive deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, hockey, comedy, theater, and more. So download the game time app, create an account and use the code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL. For $20 off, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so let's highlight some players that caught my eye for the Devils. Now, there were a lot of them. So like I do when I try to highlight some of these players, I try to give players that deserve a shout out a shout out before I give my three stars. But it's going to be a little lengthy, so brace yourselves. So a couple shouts I want to give. I'm going to make this duo a pair. I need to give a shout out to Alexander Holtz and Dawson Mercer because the one thing I said was that I saw the Devils be very adaptable. And I think part of being adaptable is like, how do you respond to adversity? How do you respond when something doesn't go your way? And that's something I hammered home for the Devils last season as well, which is if you let up the first goal of the game, how do you answer on back? Well, We saw in this game that the Devils answered back rather quickly. I saw it in the first period with Curtis Lazar's shorthanded goal. And then I saw it in period two when Nathan Bastian scored like 38 seconds later after Russ got his second goal of the game. But the one thing I want to highlight is that Alexander Holtz had an open breakaway, like a wide open breakaway. And Mercer missed a wide open pass. And If you were watching on TV, you saw that Mercer was down in the dumps. He was very frustrated with himself. 
And it was very unlike Dawson Mercer to do that because we never see Dawson Mercer all that frustrated, or at least we don't see it all that often because he's usually happy, go lucky. He's usually an upbeat person. But the one thing I've learned about being a credential media member, and it's probably why I don't get as starstruck as often, is that I've learned that athletes and celebrities are people too. And I think Dawson Mercer, he sees the criticisms. He sees like what people say, and he knows he has to step up his game because not only is this a contract year for him, but he knows that if he is not performing well and the Devils are in need of a desperate change, whether it's a trade or, or an addition, whatever the case might be, he knows that the Devils might use him as leverage in a trade package. I don't know what it might look like. I don't know if the Devils would actually go through with it, but the Devils are a team now, which is like, they can't wait for you. Like if you are struggling and they are doing well without you, they have no problem making you a scratch or they have no problem moving on from you. And when he misses opportunities like that, it can really come back to bite him. So what I saw from Holtz and Mercer was that they both missed an opportunity, but they redeemed themselves a little later in the game. So it was a very good redemptive story for the former 2020 first round draft picks because Alexander Holtz, he scored on a one-timer attempt that was set up by Dawson Mercer and Andre Pilat. And I got to give Andre Pilat his credit too, because that play does not happen if Andre Pilat does not swipe the puck away. He passes it uh, to Mercer and Mercer finds uh, an open Holtz and Holtz lets off a quick shot. That's something we've been talking about for Alexander Holtz. His shot looks a lot quicker, a lot prettier, and he looks a lot more comfortable out there. So the one thing I could say for Alexander Holtz is that at least for this season, he looks way more comfortable and in 15 game appearances, he has four goals to assist for a grand total of six points. So not the best stats in the world, but he's off to the best start of his career. And that's the one thing I want to see from Holtz. I don't need him to be the superstar Philip Forsberg type player that people were projecting for him to become. I just want him to be a solid asset on this roster. And the same can be said for Dawson Mercer to an extent, even though I had higher expectations for them. But if both of them can prove to be solid, then I think everything is going to be all right on their end. Don't look now, but Andre Pilat now has three assists in his last four game appearances. So I know people are quick to ridicule Andre Pilat, but the one thing you got to give credit when credit is due is when he finds himself in the score sheet. Now, let's give another shout out to another great pairing, and that was Colin Miller and Luke Hughes. So like I said in segment one, Colin Miller finally made his season debut with the Devils. And at one point during the game, the combination of him and Luke Hughes, it was just like peanut butter jelly. It was a match made in heaven because at one point during the game, the chance differential was 13 to two, thanks to Luke and Colin. So once again, in the previous episode, I talked about how the devil's defensive unit has a lot less depth and getting Colin Miller back from the IR, that could be big for them. And I said, like, look, Miller did not have a good preseason. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. He was a turnover machine, but I said, you got to give him a chance in regular season when that time comes around. Obviously, he was dealing with injury, but I said, like, Miller was actually a solid defenseman for the Stars last season. Obviously, the playoffs didn't go as planned, but he's a good skater, he has a good shot, and he actually puts up some decent numbers. So I was like, if you add him into the lineup, I think he is definitely going to make an impact. And I was raving about him over the summer. I said, aside from the Tyler Toffoli trade, I think the, the move that I was most excited that Tom Fitzgerald made was getting Colin Miller. And basically the Devils gave up what? Like a fifth round pick in uh, the 2025 draft. So 
I think Fitzgerald got to steal with Colin Miller. And the numbers are showing it because according to James Villani, who is a writer for Devil's Army blog, he put out what Colin Miller was able to do tonight, five on five. So 19 to eight shot attempts, 12 to four shots, 11 to six scoring chances, five to one high danger chances, 71.31 expected goals for percentage. And with Luke, he had a 75 Corsi four percentage and 86.73 expected goals for percentage. So I think Miller has to stay in the lineup. And I think Lindy Ruff is going to have no problem with asking Brendan Smith to take a few nights off because we saw Luke Hughes also put up a valiant effort in this game against the Penguins because he had two assists this game. And the one thing I could say about Luke Hughes, whether it's the primary assist or the secondary assist, he's been a huge catalyst for the Devils. And he also set up Jesper Bratt nicely when the Penguins and Devils were playing four on four. So it was Hughes and Lazard that created the play. And Bratt had a beautiful shot attempt that went top shelf on Jari. So I'm liking what Luke Hughes did in this game alongside with Colin Miller, and both of them deserve a lot of credit. And then the final shout that I want to give is VTech Banachek, because the one thing uh, about this win I can say about the Devils is that if VTech Banachek did not have a strong performance in pipes, we might be having another repeat as to what we've been seeing the last few games for the Devils, which is they have decent offense, but their goaltending and their defense is shaky at best. So Going up against a red-hot Tristan Jari, Vitek Banachek also had a challenge. And at one point during uh, a, a play, he actually lost his stick, and the Penguins had control of the puck in their offensive end. So that was a little concerning. And as Cam Danico said on there, that is dangerous territory. That is extremely hard. But once again, Vitek Banachek, he stood his ground. And the, the score could have been a lot worse early on in the game because, once again, the Penguins had a lot of odd man rush opportunities and Vitek Vancek was robbing them shot after shot after shot. And the Penguins finished with 23 shots on him and he was able to stop 21 of them. So Vitek Vancek definitely deserves a lot of credit because he stepped up his game as well in between the pipes. And this is the same Vitek Vancek that I saw early on in the season, specifically first game of the year against the Detroit Red Wings when the Devils just needed some help in between the pipes because they had a few lapses defensively, but their goalies make the save. And honestly, he should have made that save on Russ's uh, second goal, but the Devils ended up with the win, so I'm not really going to complain about that. And then the three stars of the game, my third star, Nathan Bastion. Nathan Bastion finished uh, with a goal in this game, and he was actually very effective this game. So a lot of people, including myself, have been giving Bastion a tough time the last few days. Because the thing is, is like, especially in that game against the Jets, it seemed like every time the Jets scored, it seemed like Bastion was always on the rink. And we always have this funny debate on the X app, which is, is Nathan Bastion elite? Because the thing is, is like last year, the Devils always did well with Bastion on the rink, five on five, but he never stuck out in any particular category. And And I even brought it up in the previous episode. I said like, if I'm Lady Ruff, you should consider scratching Bastion for at least a game just to see how things work out. But I'm sure that was hard for Bastion to hear. But once again, he was hanging in front of the net. He was the goal goblin, as people like to say on social media. And he took a play out of Timo Meyer's book. Or maybe he was uh, doing what he had always been doing prior to Timo Meyer, which is he's hanging in front of the net. And, and originally it was a credit to Eric Halla, but Halla finished away with an assist, which, by the way, Halla, great setup once again. Great job on the PK. 
So I uh, had to give a quick shout out to Hala. But anyway, Bastion, I'm sure that was hard for him to hear. And he's had a rough go out of it to open up the season. But hopefully that's a momentum shift for him. So I was trying to hope that Bastion had some sort of coming out party similar to Colin Miller and a few others. And he was able to do so. Speaking of coming out parties, let's talk about Jesper Bratt. Because Bratt has not stepped up his game in the absence of Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes. Because a lot of people were saying, like, this is Jesper Bratt's time to rack up his points even higher. But it's been a bit of a struggle for him. I can't remember, the, prior to this game, I can't remember the last time he scored a goal. But in this matchup against the Penguins, we saw him walk away with the goal and also an assist on Tyler Toffoli's goal. So Jesper Bratt, welcome back. That is the Jesper Bratt I know. And yes, one of the things that I've been talking about for Bratt is that if he doesn't have his offensive game going, what else is he doing? But I'll give uh, some credit where credit is due. Sometimes he has been a little unlucky. Sometimes he has been creating good looks for himself. He just couldn't buy a point. But in this game, he was able to bury it. So I got to give credit to Jesper Bratt and his overall efforts. And now my first star, and I probably am not going to do this too often, so that's why I made him my first star, Curtis Lazar. Because we talked about how the bomb six was basically not usable in the previous game against the Jets. But Curtis Lazar, he took the criticisms to heart, similar to Nathan Bastian, similar to Dawson Mercer, Alexander Holtz. And he had himself a game because he was the reason why the Devils were able to shift the momentum back into their favor and not go down big against the Penguins because, once again, he got a shorthanded goal. So we always rave about the Devils' power play, but in this case, they were on the penalty kill. But great look set up by Eric Halla and also Michael McLeod. Love both of them on the PK. And Curtis Lazar was able to get his first shorthanded goal since, I believe, 2016. So that was definitely a big momentum shift for the Devils because giving up a shorthanded goal, it's like lightning. You don't know when it could strike, but when it does, it could be deadly and dangerous, and it was deadly and dangerous for the Penguins. So Curtis Lazar, he walked away with a goal, but not only that, Lazar also walked away with an assist. He got the secondary assist on Jesper Bratt's goal in period three, and once again, that was another momentum shift for New Jersey because that was when they got their first lead of the game. So Curtis Lazar was at the helm of not one, but two momentum swings for the Devils. And he was a big component on that bottom six. And he was a big component as to why the Devils were able to walk away with this victory. So I got to give Curtis Lazar my first star of the game. He was phenomenal in this matchup. And he always said, don't expect anything too flashy. Just expect meat and potatoes hockey. Well, he is the quintessential of meat and potatoes hockey in this game. He fought really hard. So we're going to compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade momentarily. But before we continue, why not make some extra money on the Devils? So let me swing you over to FanDuel. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get into the action because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL or the Taylor Swift League, whatever you want to call it. All right, let's compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade and let's get out of here. So when we look at the shots on goal category, the Devils thrashed the Penguins in that category, 31 to 23 
in favor of the Devils and now the face-off department. It's worth mentioning that coming into this matchup, the Penguins were the top face-off team in the entire league and the Devils thrashed them in this category. So got to give a lot of shout-outs in, in, in the face-off category, including uh, Curtis Lazar, Eric Halla, Dawson Mercer, Michael McLeod. Michael McLeod was uh, the top center for the Devils, if, if, if you could believe it. So just a great effort on in the face-off department for the Devils. So Devils had 51.1% on face-offs. Penguins were 42.9%. Now let's talk about the power play for the Devils because it was a very short-lived power play. So Sidney Crosby has to go to the box for tripping, and the Devils go on the man advantage, and the game is still tied 2-2. Two two. So there's a golden opportunity for the Devils to play through their strengths, right? Wrong, because moments later, I'd say like 30 or 40 seconds after that, Eric Halla has to go to the sin bin for basically putting his hand up. Referees gave, gave him an interference call, and he had to sit. So it was four-on-four four hockey, and basically a lot of people were just like, oh, boy, the Devils go on the power play, and it was short-lived. They couldn't capitalize on it. But once again, Jesper Brett, he scored his goal on the four-on-four. Four, so I'm glad that the Devils at least got something out of it. And then the Penguins were 0 for 3 in their power play, but the Devils had a short-handed goal. So another thing that I liked in this game for Devils is that they were not a one-trick pony because that's been an issue that a lot of people have been talking about, which is without the red-hot power play, the Devils would just be a 500 team, according to Paul Bizonet. But the one thing in this game is that they proved Biz wrong, which is the Devils were still able to score a lot of goals, and they didn't get one single power play goal. And their one power play opportunity, it was like 30 or 40 seconds long. So I'm glad that the Devils, once again, scored five goals on the Penguins. None of it was an empty netter goal. And they absolutely 100% just thrashed one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Now, hits 19 to 13 in favor of the Penguins, blocks 11 to 10 in favor of the Penguins. So if I had to rate this game for the Devils, going from an F to an A, this was probably one of their best games of the season in true dominating fashion. They were missing a lot of key assets and they had their backs against the wall, but they stuck by it. And they came away with, once again, a dominating victory. Not a measly squeak-out performance where they win like 2-1 to one and they just get lucky. Maybe they win in a shootout or something like that. No, they dominated this game, especially in period three. So I got to give them an A. From an F to an A, I rarely do that. But they showed tremendous improvement. And I don't want to read too far into it. But this could be perfect timing as well because their next game is going to be against the New York Rangers. And the Rangers are atop of the Metropolitan Division. And they're also one of the hottest teams in the NHL. In their previous 10 games, they have a record of 9-0-1. So the Devils are going to have their work cut out for them once again. So hopefully they take that momentum against the Penguins and apply it to the Rangers. And also, Jack Hughes might make his triumphant return. Don't want to guarantee anything, but I think he has his eyes set on that game. Lindy Ruff says he's making tremendous progress. So we'll see what happens. But also, you got to factor in Timo Meyer. He might be out for a short term. but we're going to worry about that in a future episode, and obviously I'll have the coverage for you guys here on Locked on Devils. So as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. What did you think about this performance for the Devils, and which player really stepped up in your eyes? Who was your main star? Here's your guys' thoughts. So once again, leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on a podcast streaming service. Hit me up on my first personal X page app at TreyMatt4 or the show's X page app at Locked On Devils. 
As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.